segue into yeah so you want me to start with my thing mm-hmm. that's fine um but yeah uh i this week i've been super fascinated by the combat wheelchair homebrew that's uh, been sweeping the internet or at least the, the D internet uh with controversy which is absurd and ridiculous but mm-hmm. um, as you can see just from when i brought it up today that there are able-bodied people who cannot comprehend why anybody would want to play a disabled character yeah and i i was a little worried about a statement i had made earlier that you had commented on i i um i wasn't putting down the idea of the the wheel i guess i had worded it in a wrong way i don't even remember where you i wasn't talking about you uh, i was talking about someone else but i don't even remember you saying anything well it's all right <laughs> anyway so, so tell me about it so it's uh, it's this tool that you can uh, have for your character uh, that they can maintain and upgrade and customize to suit um, your character's particular uh, disabilities, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. Like everything from like angled wheels for for, for speed and, and maneuverability. to making it float (laughs) like like a magneto chair or a or a uh professor x wheelchair Mm -hmm. using it as a as a battering ram adding armored plates uh all all kinds of stuff carry adding pouches for gear and it's (sighs) putting spider legs on it um Ooh, it's, like a little, a little like spidery, like a little wheelchair for uh, like a drow sorcerer. Oh, yeah. That'd be so See, cool. That would be fantastic. See, and uh, I know I get it. It's hard to imagine why someone would want to play a disabled character when you're in a world where magic can fix everything. But mm-hmm. putting aside for a moment um, the fact that some players just want to explore playing a disabled character and then that and that that's fine there are people who are born with a disability who are born less than able yeah less than is not what i meant but there are people like i was born with uh, a genetic disease that slowly uh ate away at my spine um which is why i'm in a wheelchair mm-hmm. so like I would love to play a character that is dealing with those issues on top of being an adventurer. I think that adds a depth to the character that I I really enjoy, a connection to the character that I would really feel. Um, that a lot of people who don't have those issues, a lot of able-bodied people, couldn't understand or would have a hard time understanding. And and the fact that it is difficult to understand is reasonable, but I do ask that they step back a moment, think about it, and um, if it if the idea of having a disabled character in your party still offends you, maybe the problem is you, and not yeah. the people in your party. Um, 
Forgive me, this sounds messed up. I just was thinking of a, a person using a combat wheelchair, but also being an artillerist um, artificer. They're a tank. Hell yeah, you absolutely. That's something you can do. Um, uh, that'd be so cool to play a tank. <laughs> tell your uh, tell your dog the audience said hello. That's my dog, Bilbo. <laughs> he is unfortunately one of the best alarms we have. That's okay. Dogs are welcome here. I don't have a soundproof area. No, so. it's fine. I'm, I'm glad it's there. Uh, I like that. We're real people with real lives. We're not just, it, just body voices was, on the internet. His <laughs> name is Bilbo because when we first got him, his he, he, his hair wasn't matted, but his hair was just like pressed down in a few areas, I guess because of he wore a vest or something a lot. But his hair was mat, patted down where the rest of his hair is still fluffy in sort of a shape of like someone wearing a vest. And somehow we extrapolated like Bilbo Baggins and he wears a vest. So let's call the dog Bilbo. Fair and enough. Dog names, you know, they come in weird from weird places. So, any pet name, really. Um, uh, I like that story. Uh, I like that he's got a weird, quirky name for a weird, quirky reason. I well, it's funny because when our neighbor found him, the he wasn't like reacting to anyone. He wouldn't like he wouldn't like sniff their hand. He wouldn't let. He, he'd be fine with them petting people, with with people petting him, but. Um, when it was years and years ago, back when I was in high school, my mother had walked out to check on the neighbors, see what she brought home. Cause she tends to bring home dogs. Uh, when she spoke, he got up, he like looked up out the bed of her truck and looked directly at her and we're like, Oh, that's, that's ours now. Sorry. Um, it's now my, uh, stepfather's like service dog for PTSD reasons, but um, she has another dog now that's more hers, but it started out as being her dog. Now it's more of his. I guess that's fair. Relationships change with pets mm -hmm. over time. It's mm -hmm. just, she would work a lot and then he would be, um, he spent a lot of time with him. Yeah. So dogs tend to gravitate towards more towards their caretakers, mm -hmm. uh, which is totally reasonable. So I've brought up my bit what is it that you wanted to bring up so i was just enamored with the idea of making like the stereotypical like old old looking wizard um mm -hmm. and what better way to do that than to make an evocation wizard your you know your blaster your glass cannon sure but I couldn't think of a story for them, uh, not at least not a particularly good one. All besides right. being something, some sort of like a war wizard or something similar in that nature. But I remembered that Xanathar's Guide has this character backstory generator in it. Um, okay. It goes over interesting stuff like origins, your personal decisions, some life events you've gone through. Uh, and it's just, it created the most, it cre gave me like a skeleton of a story that I've, I haven't written down personally yet, but I've created it sort of in my head. And I, I like it, you know? Um, and uh, it's, his name is Balthazar the Black. 
Okay. I'm trying to come up with like a wizardy name. He, I, this is all stuff I rolled up. Um, I knew who my parents were. I was born at home. I don't have any siblings, but yet my family is adoptive because my parents died. But your parents are alive. And I know who they were. Oh, but right. That they're alive. Right. Um, I I rolled a few options on how they died, but I kept rolling the ones for apparent suicide, oh, which boy. which sounds like an interesting story because if it's only apparent rather than like a one hundred percent guaranteed, yes, they did you know, suicide. If it was apparent. There's like some intrigue there, you know, like something for the DM to pull on. Yes. Um. Uh, I lived my adoptive um parent was a male halfling uh let's see if I, I think i came up with a name i was i went through like the the halfling names in the player's handbook just to come up with one but he was a he's like a chef for this um family like of like nobles so my character grew up as sort of a like a i want to call it a page not not a page more like a servant boy like would like deliver food back and forth from his father's like kitchen so he lived in a mansion but he lived a modest lifestyle so he lived like in a big place but still only had like normal clothes normal like money to spend on didn't really have a particularly fantastical childhood uh, had a few close friends, lived an ordinary childhood until um, he, he picked up a little bit of magic. Like, for example, his father, I'd imagine, taught him like prestidigitation to like quickly light fires just so we don't have to waste time with like flint and steels and that such thing. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if prestidigitation can actually light fires. Yes. The so, but the thing is. I also have to pick my background, right? So I wanted to play a sage because I like some of the stuff it gives you um, from the background. I also like working with a DM for this some sort of epiphany that sages tend to have. Did you plan this character for any particular DM or just this just another character? This was just a, a, a thought experiment. Just I wanted to make Gandalf and I'm going to make my version of Gandalf. Um, now, I actually was heavily considering, instead of using that wild magic sorcerer, playing this guy. But he, he's more of a... He, he's funny. I have like an interesting accent ready for him. But You keep teasing me with that. Like, oh, I thought of this great character well, I thought of playing instead of my wild magic sorcerer. But no, I'm going to still stick the wild magic sorcerer well, in the campaign. Well, that's the thing. I like this guy <laughs> so much that I'm actually heavily considering it. It's just... I don't know if the other player who joked that he would play a wild magic sorcerer if I don't is actually serious about it. Genocide? Yeah, he probably is serious. Just just the dick with me. I might be able to talk about it. I just, I want to... It's not that the wild magic sorcerer is for me and myself to only play alone. It's just when a player you makes something, most people don't aren't really interested in seeing like another version of it very soon afterwards. Hmm. You know, like I would want to play a wild magic after, but someone already did. So now that feels like I'm just putting the same. Like we, we I want to like have games be like different. I really every want time, him to know? just play his Githyanki drug dealer though, because that's such a wonderful character. 
I maybe I can talk to him about it. But like just so much details and stuff here, like things I would have never thought of myself. Like I impressed some old hedge wizard from among several candidates to serve an apprenticeship. Um, I uh, worked as some sort of um, library, like something that has to do with my my background. So I worked in some sort of sagely environment. Um, I haven't decided that yet. I'm kind of thinking he has jeweler's tools because there's a certain way I wanted to prepare a spell book, which sounds a little off-putting, but I like it because it gives him more character. I'll talk about it in a second. Um, so that that gave me like some little bit of extra gold to start with. I made friends with an adventurer, and then it goes through this whole process of figuring out who this adventurer is. So it was a neutral evil cleric of nature who grew up as a laborer that are human and we're still friends. And this person is alive and quite successful. Um, I also met another adventurer who I happened to make an enemy of, which I rolled up to be a true neutral war wizard dwarf noble that I'm friendly with who is alive and well. They, I made an enemy of them, but I kind of imagined it. Okay, if I'm friendly with them, how does that work? I think that my character doesn't know that they're my enemy. So that would be like another thing for the DM to pull. Um, Man, you really went hard on this. This was just random generation. Like all, <laughs> I, did, all I did was extrapolate what these things could mean. Um, I was fortunate enough to find a riding horse, but it's, it, by the time that my character would be his current age, which is 46, 43, 43 years old, the horse would have been would be about uh, 20, 21. So she's about close to having to be retired as a horse, but that way the DM could, you know, take it away if he, they wanted to. Mm, uh, yeah, I, na I, I named it Muggsy. Um, <laughs> Love it. Uh, went on an adventure and suffered a grievous injury. Um, and it's only all it tells you is it's a grievous injury. It, it fully healed. But it pains you time from time. I was trying to think. Well, that's kind of vague. What what injury? So I was like, all right. There's five extreme. There's five like portions of the human body: the head, the chest, the two arms, and the two legs. I rolled a. I went to Avran, rolled a one d five, and I allocated numbers to each extremity of the body, and I got my left leg. So I guess I have like a. I walk with a limp or something. Um. And then I had to roll up my master, who taught me magic, was a true neutral half-elf wizard, um, like called Rainus the Shield. He's like an abjuration wizard. But like how, this, how old is your character? Forty-three. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. So he he kind of the art that I found for him kind of looks a little Count Dooku-ish. So kind of like a very much a silver fox. Okay, but, okay. but not but not like old. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, 43 is not that old. Yeah. So, but it's just such an inch. Like, I, this, this character is, I, it's, I'm fixated on it right now because that this sounds like wonderful. the most interesting person in the world. Love for you to play this character. Um, um, he sounds dope and now, you're excited about it. Now, you gotta hear my idea for his spell book, though. Um, 
I was looking at the descriptions and they said spell books could be a lot of things. They could be, you know, like a, a regular book. I saw one example that was a bunch of leather strips that have been embossed with runes that hang from a staff. I was like, that's pretty interesting. Oh yeah, that's that's a cool idea. Yeah, I was like, that's it's cool. I was thinking, all right, so what about this? Um, and the reason why I chose this method because it also goes with his voice. It's sort of like a mix between posh British and Australian at the same time. Mm. Um, and he has another voice he uses that sounds like he's got something in his mouth, which he does because it's a spell book. I essentially I wanted to make not not so much like a grill, but like these like decorative teeth covers. Like each tooth has a different rune etched onto it, like probably the different spell school runes for the, each spell that he prepares. Um oh, like like a like a spellbook retainer. A spell like not not so much a retainer. Think of it as like you know like you know what a grill is. I know what a grill is. Yeah. Yeah. Think There's think like think like the front of his teeth. Think like that, but not as like form fitting. It's more of um just like two semicircles he can fit his mouth into. So he starts talking with his mouth open to start really flashing the spell. So he talk like that. Oh, interesting. Um, but he'll speak with like more of a British accent. So he's like, hello, good sir. Um, <laughs> this is this has gone from a really cool idea to the creepiest wizard. Exactly. <laughs> His name is Balthazar the Black. He all he wears all black. He carries around like a like a, a little stiletto because he gave him a dagger. He's a wizard, and his familiar. I wanted to try and like homebrew some sort of like Shadowfell creature, and I was going to make it. Um, I was going to choose the venomous snake option. And he like basically this snake would crawl out from his own shadow up his leg and like oh and he wears like a scarf, um, and this kind of would break it a little bit because you know familiars changing in sizes this is not very fair. But I imagine like as at daytime it's like the smallest it can be, which is probably like about a, a three foot long snake. But as night comes on and the sun goes down, it gets longer and longer and bigger and thicker until it's like a freaking python just wrapped around his neck like a scarf Ooh. and it's like it's like it's like black and like iridescent and stuff oh dude a scarf would be a cool spell book that would be a cool spell book like a knitted spell book like every night to prepare new spells he yeah, works the knit cr crochet you can actually like pull one thread and the whole thing will come apart Excuse me, any seamstresses or knitters or crocheters if I'm wrong. I, I believe that's true. Um, and then he can just like redo his spell book each day. Yeah, scarf. That'd be I'm imagining like some like old grandma hedge wizard or something. Hell yeah. Uh oh, put her in the the little wheel the little wheelchair and like she's like knitting and <laughs> oh a grandma wizard in the battle wheelchair and the yes. the, 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 the never-ending scarf she is knitting is actually her spell book yes that she plans to bestow onto her grandson <laughs> exactly that'd be so I, that sounds like a, that sounds like a good character right there. i want to play that character now <laughs> like right um, now and she's just got i always got like butterscotches in her purse like oh dear oh of course yes yes her yeah. side pouch oh. on the wheelchair oh. is always full of butterscotch now here's the question what subclass what if oh, she's gosh. a necromancer? <laughs> no, no, no. What, okay, well, maybe abjuration. abjuration. She's an old yeah. granny, yeah. Abjuration. Or, or must protect. Maybe she was a real looker when she was young. She's actually an enchantment wizard. Maybe. That would give maybe. her like some high charisma, because you know, like cute old ladies and stuff, like high charisma enchantment wizard. 
Yeah. It's cool. I personally find enchantment magic super creepy, but it, it can be. It's a little um, towing the line of um, many, many difficult topics. Yeah, it, it, to take <laughs> away the, the the free will of a sentient being is a little not comfortable. Mm, 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 yeah. So, but <laughs> hey, it it does help that goblin from you know splitting you and Twain. Yeah, totally. It really depends on how you use it. As long as you don't use it inappropriately. I can't I can't it. make an enchantment wizard without making them bad in some way. I just don't I can't see how Yeah, I mean to. if you're gonna focus on enchantment magic, your 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 focus is taking free will away from people, like, you're not a good person. I'm always imagining them as like um courtiers, like uh, courtly people that will just kind of manipulate their luck a little bit with enchantment uh, magic. Jafar. Yeah, like Jafar. Yeah. Although I think Jafar is more of a conjuration. I don't think wizard. he's a wizard at all. I think he's an arcane trickster, but we've had this conversation. I mean, I, I, I get warlock vibes from him. I don't know. Who's his patron then? I don't know, but he has access to like dark magics before he becomes a genie. Like that's that just speaks to me. Of... I say well, he used to be a thief. Like he clearly states that in the, in the original Disney animation hmm. that he used to be a thief just like Aladdin. Um, so I think... He's an arcane trickster who took a couple levels in sorcery. What if he's so obsessed with catching a genie because he made a deal with a genie one time and that's how he has his current like stage status in life? That's possible. Maybe that's how he knows of the genies. Mm -hmm. Which makes you think, oh, he is a genie patron, you know? Um, uh, I'm still not going to buy the genie patron thing because he wants uh, to become a genie. Yeah, but that, you know, sometimes warlocks take power from their patrons with the intention of replacing them. Okay. But he was fooled into replacing the genie. Yeah, I mean, that's because, you know, Aladdin's a smart little dude. He's clever as hell. Aladdin is 100% an arcane trickster. Because yeah. he couldn't do some of the stuff he pulls off in that cartoon without an invisible mage hand. Magic. Um, <laughs> I've watched I've watched a lot too much and analyzed it under the the lens of D and D. <laughs> but yeah, I am super interested in playing this Balthazar guy. But it comes with the hesitation of I also was really enjoying the idea of playing Entropy. But this guy has got such a stronger base to stand on than Entropy does, because Entropy was just a an urchin who's a tiefling who went to school but was expelled and might be related to some famous group of thieves and he has like a self-made delusion of he wants to be the king of like the slums that that he belongs to and that sounds like something pretty decent to stand on but other than that he doesn't really have a lot going for him i mean i for, disagree like, i think the, the character would fit into providence quite well well i mean it what i mean is besides that aspiration he doesn't have He's more of a backstory-focused character. Sure, put him in Where, Noble Town. Make whereas him in, a noble, and that solves a lot of your problems. Whereas in Balthazar here, he has a lot of backstory, but he's lived such a life that when, if he were to start in that campaign you're planning, it would essentially become a front story character because he would want to forge his story from that point on. Rather you know, than well, yeah, focusing so. too much on his backstory, which which is great because he has a lot to like pull from from his backstory, and, like talk about his very like very interesting and varied life he's had. Um, but also, it feels weird to be like an older wizard and not be at least like level three or four because being a level one wizard sounds like he just fucking started. You know. Oh, I have solutions for that. 
I absolutely have solutions for that. Tell me about it. Okay. Well, unless so, that's like plot specific stuff. Um, in the center of town, uh, where the King's Gate is, mm -hmm. uh, there is a statue of a beholder. Um, and I could 100% on the day one have that, uh, have you interacting with that statue and have it some way sap your life and your, your power away from you. And part of your journey is to understand what happened, why it happened, and how you can get your power back. So they stole my magic dentures? <laughs> they, they took your, essentially, they took your levels away. Oh man, that reminds me of the the, the uh, I think it was the Lich in second edition had that exact ability. It would extract experience from you and make you a lower level at the end of the fight. Yeah, yeah, essentially that's what I would make happen so that you would still be the character but have a reasonable explanation for why he's only level 1. Mhm. Mm and it would make for a really cool fun session 0 moment for your character introduction. Yeah, like you you guys just see like this dude and he's sitting looking at this like statue and like he starts having a seizure um and he like loses his life force and I don't know if that was a yeah. So I don't know the if... statue's been there for a thousand years and nobody remembers who built it, why it's there, what it's for. Um it's a statue of a beholder surrounded by a small fountain. Hmm. Uh, and nobody understands its purpose. Did somebody petrify Xanathar and then put him there? <laughs> Maybe. If, if that's Xanathar himself, that'd be so funny. He'd also it's be extremely not. angry when he wakes up. It's not Xanathar. Because he would want to go back to Waterdeep to... Oh, spoilers. Um, <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, Remember, this is my own world. But Yeah. I just don't want to spoil uh, and uh, the Dragon people Heist listening, for of course, have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking, uh, there's a campaign we're starting uh, relatively soon where uh, it's a completely homebrew world uh, where they're going to be on a floating city in the middle of the uh, the elemental plane of water um, in this sort of like secret place, the secret hidden city. And they, uh, they'll be traveling through what's called the King's Gate, exploring and essentially robbing dungeons in other planes of existence uh it's gonna be a fun uh interplanar romp dungeon crawler with some city building and some like guild building mixed in it's gonna mm -hmm. be a really fun campaign um i'm excited to run it um uh, actually one of our players had a question um i don't know if you noticed a few moments ago in the discord uh is jenna wanted to know can you misty step a bullet can you misty step a bullet? Well, misty step is a reaction, right? Um, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, no, it's a bonus action. Then I would say, but it has a range of self. Well, the thing is, if it's a bonus action, but you're trying to misty step out of the path of a bullet, which indicates to me that you've just been attacked and you're asking your DM if there's anything you can do to prevent that. I don't you... think the player's asking if he can dodge a bullet with misty step. I think he's asking if he can take a bullet and misty step the bullet forward 30 feet. Oh, um, can does misty step affect creatures? I mean, does uh, it affect objects? It's self. 
So it says briefly surrounded by silvery mist, you teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see. Traditionally, it has a range of self, which means it's a self-applied spell, not something you can target or apply to other things. But that doesn't mean we couldn't modify or harm or something. Um, imagine you wanted to misty step a bullet through someone to hit someone behind them. That's not a bad idea. That's pretty interesting and creative. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I would. I don't know say... if misty steps the right spell for that, but maybe we can modify it. I was looking at blink to see if it would work, but blink is something entirely different. Like you go through the uh, yeah. astral plane and such. Yeah. So, I mean, that'd be interesting. Um, I would say, what is the point, though, of de- teleporting the bullet? Like, extending your range? And would you teleport it before or after it's reached its maximum range? Like, what's the parameters here? But what's the range on a bullet? I can't imagine that the extra 30 feet from Missy Step is going to make a big difference in the range of a bullet. Yeah, pistols are a long range to them. Uh, but they have a I, 30 to 90 foot range but shooting around corners or through walls or through a person without harming that could be an interesting use for missy step that would be cool like you have a party member in front of you but the big big bad's weakness is uh, exposed but they're in the waist which would give you disadvantage on the attack but if you missy step the bullet past them then you'd be fine i guess right but unfortunately missy step has a the hiccup being well, that it is a range of self so like do i have to miss you step past the person but then you're putting yourself in danger what if i just want to miss i just want to get the projectile from a to b without piercing c well if your path is clear what i would suggest to the player is just simply run forward take your shot and then misty step back to your original position I have a magic item um, mm-hmm. called a spy ring. It's one of my homebrew things. It'll be coming out on on Anazans uh, fairly soon. Um, oh yeah, I saw her Instagram post about the different material she's been working on. Mm, cool stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got even more coming soon. Uh, so was that purple gem arcanium? Yeah. Cool. Right. I told her to make it look rough and raw. She did a pretty good job. I like um, it. So it's a ring uh, that when you place it against the surface allows you to peek through. It creates a little hole and lets you look through like a uh, like a spy hole, like in a door. Mm-hmm. So uh, up to six feet, you can press it against any surface and peek through. Uh, it's a little like thieves tool. Is it blocked by anything like the usual three foot of wood, one foot of stone, one inch of lead? It's six feet of any material is how I I word it. Um, Gotcha. So you can penetrate almost anything. Right. Essentially, the six feet was for grave robbery. But what's the the, uh, rarity on this thing? Uh, It's uh, rare. Rare. I mean, yeah, that's fair to look through almost any Um, object. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, But one of my players asked, does it make a physical hole or is it an illusory hole? And I had to decide um, that it's a magic. It's a physical hole that you you, I would, you see through. I would um, say you could probably like if they were to say then like before they identify the item, right? You have them if someone cast detect magic, you'd see there's transmutation magic on it, and it would create like a physical hole, but it would go away after it was done being used. Maybe. Yeah, as soon as you pull the ring away, it's gone. 
Um, but they used the hole uh, to pump smoke into a room. Oh, cool. Right. So that gives me an idea of you could use this to shoot a bullet through a, through a wall. How, you or, literally make a murder hole. Yeah, or a person, and it's a murder hole that disappears so no, there's no oh. evidence. I'm just imagining like some like Abraham Lincoln theater setup where the players are going to assassinate somebody like watching an opera and they're like at the the wall right behind like head height. They put a hole there and the, the Rangers lines up a shot or something like through that hole. That'd be, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Just have a, a, a Ranger chuck a needle through the, the pinhole. Or a rogue and like shoot like a blow dart or something. I don't exactly. Know. Yeah. Uh, I love creative uses of stuff like this. It's one of my favorite little magic items that I made. It's just a wonderful little... Uh, although uh, people have taken it to, like, oh, it's the Ring of Peep shows. It's 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 gross. It's like, I, well, I it mean, wasn't designed for that. You could Technically, it would work for that, but I wouldn't allow that in my game. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, there, people are always going to find new uses for things that you made. Yeah. The players uh, regardless of the direction that it'll go. It's always like... designed for grave robbing. That's why six feet. It's so you could peek into... Uh, into... Uh, coffin. And see what, what goodies mm -hmm. might be in there. Oh, that'd be good for, like, dungeoneering. Like, you can just, like, look through the, like, the tomb. and Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, players will always take... I feel like players have two modes. Sexual debauchery or cannibalism. It's always <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> like, I, I have so many players have, like, devote, like resorted to... Or talked heavily about cannibalism with their characters. Like, what what's going on? <laughs> Why is there so much cannibals? Well, there's always room for long pig. You know, um... <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I had to remember what that meant for a second. I was like, long pig, what does that mean? Oh, <laughs> human, that's right. Yeah. I don't know, not to the be creepy, of but I, I, I've heard we taste like beef more than pork or something. Uh, I wouldn't know. I don't know. I, I think I like looked up one time because I was watching the, the show. Um, I, I was trying to like I was trying to confirm something that Hannibal said on oh. the Hannibal TV show, and I was like, "Is that true?" And I looked it up. I was like, "Weird." I kind of wish I didn't look it up. Gosh, that uh, was such a good show, man. That was such a good show. I'm surprised. So well shot. Oh, you know that the, the guy who made that also made Pushing Up Daisies. Did he? Mm -hmm. He used that was the great as well. He used the exact opposite uh, technique. So in pushing up daisies, there's like bright colors, like yellows and greens and like light blues, and made everything happy. Even though it's a really dark and kind of sad show about a guy that like can't like kiss his own wife. Mm, yeah, uh, he can't touch that anybody. They die. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's like a happy show regardless. But in um, and they use like nice, pleasant music. Whereas in, in Hannibal, they use like very dark deep like reds and blues tones and they use like the most they've specifically went out and found like the creepiest sounding instruments they could find um I, I looked up a lot on the sound design of the show because it just it just really the music sets like the tone and the mood and like for example hannibal being such a smart character i always i always can't pick up sometimes when he's like doing a th when he's threatening someone like by his words 
but the music will pick up or make a little like weird twang or something like something just snapped within them that lets me know that oh Hannibal just said like some some serious shit right just that and I have to like back up and like, oh that's what that meant and it's just it's just like it's like listening it's like watching a video game being played like the, the audio cues that just lead to like more nuance in the show yeah it's know. really well designed but my everything my family kept getting on to me because somehow i would always i would always be watching hannibal while eating dinner and they thought that was weird i was like i don't mean to it just that's how it worked out don't at me <laughs> things don't like worry that don't about turn it. my stomach either so yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not too bothered by gore i've i've um yeah i i've seen some like um I've had like like animals and stuff have just I've had to fix shit up, you know. Fair enough. Uh, I had to basically I, I was at a horse ranch for a bit and a few coyotes, you know, just poor horse. But you know, you, once you see that, you're like, ah, nothing bothers me anymore. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, on a lighter topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about like cannibals and all that stuff. Yeah, light, lighter topic. You're gonna laugh at me, but I started another well mini project. It's very teeny tiny side mm-hmm. thing, just for funsies. Um, I was watching a streamer uh, today playing Dead Cells. I don't know if you've ever played it, but yes, uh, Dead Cells. Uh, and I had uh noticed that she, uh, while she was playing the other day that uh, she was avoiding using shields in the game which mm-hmm. really limits uh, your options going through a level but it also... Yeah, you can't parry but... Yeah, well it's a big deal uh, especially at the higher boss cells uh, it becomes really important to uh, accept shields into your arsenal so uh, instead of like berating her about it i just offered a challenge i said hey is this like a friend or someone on twitch just just random person on twitch right okay and i was like hey how about i have a challenge for you if you're willing to accept and she was all like yeah sure i'll take on a challenge so i was like okay so here's the challenge you have to get to fully clearing all the mobs up to the first boss and defeat the first boss which if you play dead cells is the concierge Mm -hmm. with nothing but a shield no weapons no skills no ground pounding nothing but a shield uh if you do if you get to the concierge i will follow you if you beat the concierge i will sub oh nice um and she spent the entire day even long past the point where I had to go and couldn't watch anymore, um, working on this challenge. And mm. she sent me a video of her beating the concierge with nothing but a shield. And I, as a man of my word, followed and subbed. Did you give any bits for all that work? I followed and subbed. Okay. I mean, it's fine. You followed and <laughs> well, subbed. She, I mean, I'm not, hey, it's I'm not cool. rich. <laughs> it's 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 cool that like a streamer is willing to oh. I, I don't want to make it sound like you like she's doing things for your entertainment but she's playing games for entertainment yeah. you know and it's just it's cool that it was interactive experience like that that's pretty awesome but this is a precursor to where i'm going <laughs> so um she turns out plays a ton of D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she she does voices and she was 
she, today I popped in the stream and she had decided, taken it upon herself. Uh, she had she had fallen in love with the playstyle so much that she was continuing the challenge. But instead of just the first boss, she was trying to beat the entire game with nothing but a shield and having a grand time doing it. Mm-hmm. But as she was playing, um, she started uh, creating this character, this voice of, of uh, what we ended up naming the shield bearer. Um, and we were having a goofy fun with it and she was really getting into it and getting serious with the character. And um, in the stream, we ended up devising this cult of the shield bearer uh a mantle that is passed on through the generations from one protector to another (laughs) yeah (laughs) um this whole lore was created around this character uh and now i am writing the holy text the bearer's word which contains the origins the hymn of parries the blocked prayer the the words of commandments of protection the trials of the bearer the great mantle the path of the bearer and the great saddening and i am in the middle of, of writing this holy text <laughs> as a side project <laughs> and I, i'm having a lot of fun doing it um yeah we now have we have the order of the shield bearer her new cult <laughs> it's like <laughs> I've, always, I've always wanted to join a cult this is wonderful <laughs> It's like a it's, like, it's join a cult, but with none of the drawbacks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can quit anytime. Wait. Can you? I mean, you're writing the holy text there. You're kind of the prophet I now. I, I am. So that's what they. That's what we decided. My title was. You're kind of. You're 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 kind of the one there. that made it at this point. <laughs> so are you sure you can leave? She, so she's the shield bearer, and I am the prophet of the bear. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and it's been fun. And yeah. So we hopped into our Discord and just started going with the bit without telling anybody what was going on, and people were very confused, and it was wonderful. That's <laughs> awesome. I love, I love like, creating stories in game. Like, I know some games are a lot easier to do that. Like, for example, Skyrim. You can come up with an easy story for your character and, like, roleplay it out. But some other things, uh, like, they have more of, like, a set story to them but still vague enough that you can come up with something dead cells you're this immortal being you don't really have a backstory so much as you're trying to find out the story of the land itself so you can kind of like imprint yourself on it and do crazy stuff like that like come up with this well i can spoil it if you want to know the backstory of of well the main character let's say i mean we got possible audience that may want to experience for themselves especially after how much we talked about the game all right fair enough yes go check out dead cells by the way guys great Um, game indie game wonderful low cost it's like what 20 bucks if if you like metroidvania and dark souls that's your game and if you enjoy roguelikes uh dying all the time uh but earning uh permanent progression and new skills new abilities new weapons uh You'll enjoy this game. It and speedrunning. Speed, it's a very popular game for speedrunners. Oh, yes. Yes. Good stuff. I love the glitchless any... I love the glitchless any percent runs. Because, like, uh, they don't have to go through all the bosses, but there are some bosses I think you can actually, like, just bypass without glitching out the game. Um, uh, and... I know one in, in the Bad Seed DLC, the, uh, the Mother Tick. Uh, mm-hmm. If you sacrifice a Mushroom Boy at the altar before her... <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, she just won't appear, and you can just walk through. You'll get the reward for beating her. It'll just dilute oh, her sitting there. That's like fighter. <laughs> that's like feeding the giant koi fish in Sekiro, and you'll find it like dead later on instead of having to fight that thing. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad they put that in. Yeah, she's a tough. She's a tough boss. Uh, she's probably next to the giant, the crystal giant. She's probably the biggest boss in the game. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely massive. Um, but yeah, uh, it's getting late, so we should probably get going. Um, I am yeah, at I Mr. Xander on Instagram, and you are uh, the last lich on several different social medias, including Reddit, Instagram. I have a Tumblr as well, but I haven't really messed with it. Uh, and you can you can find us both coming out and chit chat uh, in our Discord. The link is discord.link slash Mr. Xander's table. Uh, that link will be in the podcast description, the, the notes. Uh, so please join us coming out. Uh, we'll see you next week. See you. Bye now. <laughs>